This is How Was Your Weekend with Wendy and Brian. Look for updates at facebook.com slash weekendpodcast or h-o-w-w dot a-s slash weekend. While you're there, please subscribe. There are links for iTunes, Android, and more. Hey, Brian. Hey, Wendy. How's it going? Good. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Who do you want to win? The commercials. <laughs> yes, because that is actually the best part, considering the Patriots are playing again, which is bleh. So sick of them. So I'm all for the Eagles this year. Go Eagles. I'm more interested in the Puppy Bowl, to be honest. You know what? As much as I am a dog lover, I think I've only watched the Puppy Bowl like when the one of the first year or two that they came out. So I need to get it together. This is the 14th annual Puppy Bowl. I know. I, I just I get busy and then I don't watch the Puppy Bowl. Like that's insanity. I don't understand why I don't do that. So I'm I looking, need to get it together. I'm looking at the starting lineup right now. There's yeah. Alvin, who's a German short hair pointer. There's Anna, who's an Australian cattle dog. They're adorable. Barry is a uh, coon hound. And I think all those puppies are up for adoption, right? I think that's part of the thing is I think a lot of them are up for adoption. I want to adopt them all. I know. I would, too. That's probably why I don't watch it. Not because I'd actually like because I have impulse control and I won't go adopt 18 dogs, obviously. But Petrie is adorable. Petrie is a, a Pomeranian Pekingese mix. Oh, my God. Yep, you and Kim would be in trouble. Max would have a little friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, see, this is probably why I don't watch it, because then I just sit there and obsess about these puppies and then worry about if they got a home or not. But I think they say the success rate of the adoption from the puppy bowl is like insanity, which I'm sure it is. So Yeah, have to be. I mean, you would have to assume that they all get adopted. I, so I would like to know of our listeners who follows the Puppy Bowl and actually is like Brian sitting and looking at the lineup right now. This is incredible. Okay, so next year I have a new goal for the Super Bowl. Let's record, and I will let's have to do the. Let's record we'll do Saturday. A puppy bowl. Let's record yeah. Saturday next year. We'll do that, or or we'll do a live broad. We'll do we'll record while we're watching the Puppy Bowl and like do a whole thing on the Puppy Bowl. A Puppy Bowl live stream. I could do that. Yes, I'm all for it. Let's do it. I have gigabit internet now, and so the live streaming would be much better. Uh, I actually, uh, I guess I should promote this more. Uh, every February, uh, usually the second weekend, uh, I do an all-day live stream um, about Toy Fair, which is the uh, big industry event in New York City. And okay. This year, it's on February 17th. Uh, we all we have somebody uh, who who's in the area who goes uh, from one of the shows, the Transformer show, uh, Andrew. And uh, he's going to be there at the Hasbro event. We're invited every year. We go and we cover it. He gets to play with or look at and touch uh, new toys that are coming out for the year. It's like the biggest thing we do all year. It's like an uh-huh. all-day live stream. So if anybody out there wants to watch, uh, go to tfradio.net on uh, February 17th. We'll start around 12 o'clock. And it's the most fun that we have all year. So, so, and if your kiddos like anything Hasbro, right? Yeah, have them watch or listen in. Yeah, we, we could co- learn some stuff. We we primarily focus on Transformers, but we also talk about everything else, down to like uh, Star Wars, uh, Marvel, uh, even some of the uh, more general kids' toys, like some of their play school stuff. Occasionally, if, if there's something interesting. See, and then you could kind of like early Christmas list. Yeah, I mean it's early. But or birthdays, birthdays may happen. There you go, kiddos. Have your kiddos watch. Get a list started. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I I would feel remiss if I didn't mention that, and that's part of the reason I have the gigabit internet now, so that I can uh, stream more stuff. I love I love doing live streams. So you've done. You had a busy, productive day yesterday with the cable guy in your house. Yeah. <laughs> How long did that take? A couple hours, and he didn't mention the thousands of toys or audio equipment once. So he was a pro. Yeah, he probably figured there was some some interesting stuff going down in that room. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, it was, a, it was a great day. So uh, last week I had mentioned how I smoked some chicken for the first time. Oh, I yeah. did it again yesterday. It, this was in my – it's not a big green egg. It's a big green egg knockoff. And Is I'll, it the Komodo Joe one it, or it, whatever? It, it's a Komodo it's a, uh, it's a Komodo grill. Okay. Um, that's, I, that's the style of grill. This one is the acorn from Char Griller. Okay. And oh, my God, it came out amazing. 
It was amazing. Look at you. Oh, you weren't joking when you said you were going to do it like every weekend now. So uh, are you smoking wings for the game, even though I know you don't necessarily watch the game? Uh, I'll be watching. I don't. Okay. I, I prefer my. Uh, I prefer my chicken wings fried. Okay. Uh, um, so fried uh, and then dipped. It's just a little weird uh, with the wings being smoked. It's just it's not the same. But like chicken breast and the thighs, everything came out. It was amazing. <laughs> Good job. Look at you, pro. Um, let's see. I wanted to mention something. Oh, yeah. So, um, I think I've mentioned how uh, Buddy is sick, right? I wanted to give yeah. an update on that. So, yeah. How's Buddy doing? Well, or Key Cat? Uh, well, uh, he had his third oncologist visit, fourth, fourth oncologist visit, uh, this past week. Yeah. And, um, it went really well. So, uh, it's, it's, um, the Carolina veterinary specialists in Huntersville. Yeah. Uh, so I took him uh, down there. Um, sat, I sat in the waiting room for a few minutes. The vet tech comes. She takes him and she says, "Hey, we'll bring you back here in a in a few minutes after we check him out." So I was just waiting there for the vet tech to come back to take me in to see the um, the uh, oncologist, and that's that's what happened the last time. And the oncologist last time told me she she said just flat out, "I'm very worried for Buddy." Um, his blood levels were bad. His legs, um, skin was coming off. Fur was coming off. He, there was a smell where his skin was dying. It was it was really bad. I, I don't think I told everybody how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this time, uh, I was just sitting there, and the vet came in and plopped down right beside of me. And she said – she took out her personal cell phone, and she showed me a picture. This was Buddy three weeks ago. Then she flipped over. This is Buddy today. And his skin's healing, uh, the smell's gone, the fur's all intact that's there, uh, his blood levels are good. He is very responsive to his chemotherapy, so um, he, he, he may get better, which uh, is awesome. Um, so how much longer do they think on the chemo? Or He got another treatment uh, last week, uh, probably at least a couple more, and I'm, I'm, I will gladly pay it. Uh, he is... St- constantly starving he gained he gained a half a pound after he'd lost seven pounds and um mm-hmm. so he's down to 11 pounds at one yeah. he was 18 pounds back in november uh he's uh-huh. he's back up to 11 and a half i was looking at photos from like four or five years ago he yeah was, he was like 23 pounds he, yeah he's literally half the cat that he was uh a few years ago uh, but the vet was like, she was, she said, and I'm going to go text these uh, photos right now to, uh, the doctor you saw, uh, in Charlotte, because she'll be glad to see it. I mean, she was just super, I've never seen like a vet so happy about something. So that, That's I, awesome. that, that touched my heart. Yay, buddy. Yes. I'm very happy. I'm glad he's doing better. I'm glad he's doing better. And how about your boys are Charlie and are they being nice to each other? Uh, Chester and Charlie being nice to each other. So I, I'm keeping them apart. Yeah. Um they are fine. Uh it's kind of funny though. Uh I I can make Charlie so jealous. All I have to do is um <laughs> in his eye in, within uh, eye shot um basically just start petting Chester and just like start rubbing his belly. Uh Charlie goes crazy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's hilarious. Uh, I feel bad for him, but then as soon as I go to Charlie, he just jumps on me and wants me to uh pet him. Um, I, so last night I did that and, uh, I just sat there and I hugged him and scratched his head for about 10 or 15 minutes. And he was just the happiest little dog. Well, <laughs> he's like, he's like 80 pounds. So he's not that little. I was going to say they're not very little dogs, <laughs> but they're not gigantic dogs, but they're not little either. So, <laughs> um, so what else that was that? You had a pretty full Saturday then, man, a pretty good week. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, nothing else, nothing else. Do you do anything fun? No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm being really boring. I got up and ran, but my run wasn't going well. So I uh, was a bit of a quitter. My body just wasn't feeling it. I was supposed to run like eight miles again, and I didn't even do half that. I just, my energy level was like, blah. So I was just, generally I could force my way through it, but it wasn't happening. And it's been real cold and rainy. So I was just like, don't, like, just listen to your body and put in the few miles. So I did that. And then I went to yoga and I went, I did, went to dinner with some friends last night. So that was nice and tried a new place in Nashville called make ready. It just opened a little while ago. Um, and it, 
uh it was good. It was different. It was a, was the plated scenario. So they share everything, which is really cool, but, um, it was good. It was fun. And then, um, we went and there is this hotel called, I think it's C one. It's the name of it. And they do art kind of gallery. They change it out every month. And so we were right near it. And my friend's like, let's just go walk through and check out what art they have going on. So we, um, went and checked out some of the, they just had some eclectic stuff. So we walked around in there a little bit and checked that out. But it, then it, when we came outside, it was raining and cold. And we said, all right, time to call it a day and go home where it's warm. So um, so that was fun. And then I'll go watch watch the game with some friends. Just been running errands and doing the Sunday morning church and all that other stuff. So I've been pretty low key this weekend. Nothing too extravagant going on here in Nashville. But the the cold weather has made it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people other than if, you know, you're a tourist or stuff. There's a lot of people <laughs> that Uber drivers have been like, uh, yeah, it's so cold. People are really not getting out. And it's not like it's Minnesota cold, but it's cold. It's Nashville. How cold can it get? Well, it was like uh, we woke up the other morning and it was 18. And before that, like when we got our snow and stuff, it was like 14. It got I mean, it got cold for here, but there was. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. It was only like a high of didn't even make it to 30. So with the humidity and stuff, the windshield was, you know, a lot chillier than that. So it was pretty frigid um, for a good part of the week for people here. So they just like to stay in, which I don't blame them. So I'm, old, I'm getting old. My blood's getting thin. I don't take the cold like <laughs> I like the cold. I like the winter, but it, it's been pretty cold. So, but I had a good weekend. I can't complain. Then the other thing was we talked about this. This topic came up and I think a cousin of mine that uh, when we asked for ideas on podcast, she brought this up, which is funny. It was my side of the family um, <laughs> that said, talk about crazy relatives. And so we were like, yes, we love this idea. And then I still love this idea because you have such great stories about your family. Um and I think I was like thinking about it and I was just thinking about the topic. I'm like, I don't, I have kooky relatives, like, you know, crazy, unique, kooky, however you want to label them. But I was like, I can't really think I'm so horrible. I like my memory is shot or I'm like, it live in the moment and forget the moment or something because I'm like, I can't, I can only think of a few tiny stories of things that are kooky that my relatives have done. I don't have these like, funny, hilarious stories like some of my friends have. So um, we'll go ahead and share stories about our kooky, crazy relatives. And, um, you know, just anybody else wants to jump in and share stories when we post this, that'd be great because that could spur another topic. But I know everybody has a couple kooky, crazy relatives in the family. And you know what? They're necess- like they're a necessity. I believe it. You need to have them. They keep things interesting. If everybody's just, you know, normal and calm and what the what the heck? There's no excitement in that. Everybody needs a crazy relative. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what your definition of that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what is your most memorable crazy relative story, Brian Kilby? So, I want to I want to disclaim this first. <laughs> Um, one, I am not talking about anything that is in respect to like mental health. Yeah. So mental health is a serious thing and I don't want to uh, belittle anything, but, um, man, I don't know where to start. So, uh, I also am going to change names and relationships to, uh, protect, protect the, the innocent. innocent. <laughs> and, I, and I sincerely hope that none of my family is listening to this because I could really hurt some feelings. You're a risk taker. <laughs> okay, so I took some notes here. I guess I will start with my dad. Okay. Uh, my dad. You're not going to protect his identity he, because he's, he's, he's long passed. dead. He's long okay. dead. Yeah. So okay. Uh, okay. he was 50 when I was born, right around 50. So he was born in 1930. And. Um, he was in the army, so he joined up in the army in 1948, and that was dur- during the uh, Korean War. So if you ever watched MASH, MASH yep. took place in the past, and that was during the Korean War. He didn't know Klinger or Hawkeye or anybody like that. Man, he, that's a bummer. I is, love that show. It's my, fa- it's my favorite show of all time. <laughs> uh, so um, Dad had a mean streak sometimes. 
Uh, dad made it to uh, staff sergeant, which is it's not the highest enlisted level, but it's like three below. So he was an E6, and I think it goes up to E9. I'm not an expert by any stretch. But he was an E6. He actually, when he was, uh, when he left the army, he left the army as a private first class, a PFC. Mm-hmm. So over two demotions, he was bumped down from an E6 to an E3, meaning one of those times he was demoted two levels. Not good. Why was he demoted? Fighting. For fighting. <laughs> he couldn't well. con- he couldn't control himself so he uh for drinking and fighting he was demoted in the army twice which is not really funny but that just sort of gives you an idea of what the guy was like so um my mom and dad got married in 1955 which is 24 years before i was born yeah. and an example of something my dad would just punch somebody out of the blue so back then everybody smoked it was just if you watch movies from the fifties, everybody smokes. It's just one of those things. It was the cool thing to do. It then. was it was the thing to do. Everybody did it. Yeah. Uh, so a guy stopped on uh, in front of our house, apparently or their house. I wasn't alive, and asked my mom if he could have a light. So my dad saw that, and what did he do? He wa- he walked up and he punched the guy right in his car. Just because. Just he because he could. Just because the guy was talking to his wife. Uh, he had some anger issues. I think. Uh, not long after that, apparently, um, somebody ran him off the road inadvertently. It was an accident. Oh. So, so how did he respond? He, he punched the person. He the he turned the car around with two kids in it, chased the guy down, and ran him off the road. Oh Lord! <laughs> uh, so, do your siblings remember that? Like, did yeah. the ones that were in the car they remember it? So, you got that story from them? Uh, I take yeah. It. I have I have I, so a memory that I have back uh, growing up. We would uh, we were driving by the mall, and the mall is now an office. Um, but we were driving by the mall, and somebody passed Dad. So what did he do? He sped up, passed them back, and he had his arm. Over me, out my window, flipping them off. <laughs> I think a lot of people probably have a, a relative or their own parent who they have a memory of our age or young, you're older, probably that have a, a parent that or grandparent or something that they've experienced that with. I feel <laughs> like it was an era where that was okay. <laughs> like people did that or maybe not. I don't know. But I, I feel like I have friends and myself that can share that same story yeah, about I, I a parent do, or a relative. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Uh, I do too. But that I, I guess that's mostly, I am that way now, more or less. And I guess that's because I got it from my dad. <laughs> Which, Your patience and traffic. You are a, you are a scary driver, Brian Kilby. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> uh, you really think so? I'm not an, I am not easily scared about other people driving. Like I'm, I'm pretty chill. Well, I've only rode in the car with you like maybe two or three times, but the first time I ever rode with you, which granted I was, there are three people in the back seat. Yeah, I was like scrunched in the back seat with you were, I was like, wow, dude done mess around. (laughs) And I was kind of having to get ping ponged between people, but it's okay. (laughs) And I think that I'm a pretty safe driver. So I guess. We really don't see how we truly, uh, okay. Kim, Kim gives me grief and, you know, I guess, I guess I probably deserve it. (laughs) I think it probably depends on the day, but that day we were like in a rush and we were having fun. I had a good time. It was me and like four of you guys in the car. I just remember I was like, Kilby is like, doesn't care. He's zooming in and out. He's going, (laughs) Um, but we got there in one piece and back. So that's all matters. Okay. So this next person will have to remain nameless. This is someone in my life who I have a tremendous amount of love, respect, and fear for. And like my dad, this person was also in the army. Yeah. And like my dad, he also has a streak in him where he could do stuff like that. He was a truck driver. And uh, apparently life as a truck driver is really tough. I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. I've Yeah. It's not an easy gig. I mean, he's told me times when he had people trying to um, hijack his truck and he had to fight them off like on the road. Uh, so a couple of stories that I think are awesome and terrible. He was I forget where he was driving, but it was a long stretch. And the, there's somebody that he tried to pass. He wanted to pass because they were driving slow. So this was just a two lane road, like a normal highway, not an interstate. Uh, traffic goes both ways. 
So mm-hmm. he, he, in his truck, in his big rig, he got in the left lane and sped up to pass them. So what did they do? They sped up and they wouldn't let him pass. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he uh, said, okay, that's fine. So he decelerated so that he could get back behind them. What did they do? Mm-hmm. They decelerated. They wouldn't let him back over. Uh-huh. He, in the distance, he saw headlights coming his way because this was a two lane road. Oh, Lord. So he had to like uh, lock it up. He had to lock his brakes to keep from getting hit and got back in his lane. And of course, the people in the car kept going. So what did he do? Well, he sped up uh, so that he could catch up with him. It took like a mile or two. And he might have run. He might have ran them off the road and he might have got out of his truck and he might have thrown a hammer through their back windshield. And he might have pulled the guy out of his car, and that's about as much of the story as I feel comfortable saying. Oh, Lord. I, you know. Listen, I know it's not easy being uh, a truck driver. I have heard, I've had some friends who their parents were truck drivers, and they they experienced some, A, the road stuff is enough of people who are completely inconsiderate to them, but just it's. Being on the road like that and being in the places where they have to deliver things, they see some pretty gnarly stuff. So it's a it's a tough gig. I could see where it could wear somebody down to overreact uh, once in a while. Um, so kooky stories like my dad. This is one of the things I love about him because these are memories that I like retain. Um, just kooky things he would do, like random things that. I don't know if these are other stories that other people would have. So my dad loved to, it wasn't like all the time, but my dad loved to give me animals. Like there was something (laughs) about, about like whether it was, I don't know, it wouldn't have to be for an occasion. Uh, One year affair, I had had a really good year and won a bunch of stuff with my pigs and one of my buddies, um, their family, their dog had puppies. And the puppies were ready to be weaned. <clears throat> and he surprised me with one of the puppies because I had lost my dog. Um, my dog that I'd gotten out when I was three. Like, I think that, like, summer before or something like that. So he gave me this puppy. So dad did kooky stuff like that. But the the kookiest story my dad ever did, and my mom will chuckle. Um, but it's still, like, a family favorite. He calls her, I think it was my birthday. It was around my birthday. I don't know how old I was. I mean, I had to be six seven eight i don't know um and he had an old my grandpa i think it was a chevelle his old work car it's like this gold chevelle so he got off of work he was an iron worker and he got off of work and he went to the sale barn there was a sale barn not far from not too too far from where we lived and he just decided to stop by the sale barn after work randomly this week and he calls my mom and we're at home and he says you need to come to the sale barn um, cause I just bought Wendy some goats and my mom, oh, like, wow. what? <laughs> what? He's like, I don't have the checkbook and I don't have enough cash. So you need to come to the sale barn. Cause I just bought Wendy goats. And my mom was like, Oh Jesus. So I, as I remember it, she's like, get in the car. Your dad bought you some goats. Like we're going to the sale barn. And I'm in my head going, why'd my dad buy me goats? I didn't want goats. I didn't think why I wanted not? goats. <laughs> I just goats were not on the, the, Maybe I had said I wanted baby goats. God only knows. God only knows why dad thought I needed goats. So we get to the sale barn and I just remember my mom like going and paying for the goats. And then it was kind of like, you figure out how you're going to get these goats home because we don't have the trailer. We don't have the pickup with the livestock rack on it. We, none of it. So what does my dad do? We put, it was, and it wasn't just like one goat, two goat. It was a mama goat and two twin baby boy goats um so it was a nanny and her twins that i named thumper and bumper and mama's name was emmy and um we put them in the back seat of the chevelle (laughs) and we drive them i don't know how far it was but it was several miles home to where they're gonna live but my mom was just like figure out how you're getting these goats home because we we don't have the normal means of transporting these goats like we should so uh we put them in the back of the Chevelle and there were goats just hanging out <laughs> in the car <laughs> on the way. And then I had the goats for a little while. Um, they were fun. I, I'm maybe a year or two max. It was probably only about a year because 
Um, they were just getting too big. They were fun. They did demolish a lot of stuff. But then I think one of the, the mama goat ended up um, attacking my dog that I got for my third birthday because she just got mad at it and she broke his back. Oh my God. And so he lived and everything was fine. But after that whole thing, I was like, screw goats. Like they don't, they don't get to do that. I'm pretty sure. And the, and the little boys were just like, we didn't, we didn't, um, we didn't castrate the, the little, the goats or anything. And our neighbors down the road had goats. So we ended up just giving them the pygmy goats. But yeah, that was, uh, that was, <laughs> was kind of a kooky dad story, but it'll, I'll never forget it. And those goats were fun and they were super cute. And we had this big mound of dirt in the pasture that we would use to fill up the holes in the hog pens and stuff. And they would like get up there and like play King in the mountain. They were the cute little pygmy goats. But yeah, that was kind of a kooky random uh, gifting of an animal from my dad's story. <laughs> so again, my when I was a kid, my dad was retired to kill time and to spend his day. He would like just go out and like collect scrap metal and stuff. He had like a little business where he would collect scrap metal and recycle it. Yeah, and he did actually pretty well doing it. But, yeah, but he was out all the time, and people treated animals differently then than they do today. We did we did a show about that. It, it's just it's different. But people mm-hmm. would commonly throw out animals. So what would dad do? He would he bring them home him. and he would bring them home to me. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I had a new pet dog when I came home from school or a cat. <laughs> Wendy, by the time I left high school, I had yeah. like 20 cats. Oh, God. I like I, I lived out in the boonies. It was basically like it was basically like a farm. Yeah. And I had like 20 cats. Yeah. So um, he he would bring home dogs. Uh, we would end up having to give them away. Or you had your own rescue kind of thing going on. Yeah, but it, inadvertently. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't like uh, we we weren't in the place to support that many animals. So I like now I would love to do that. I would love to have that as a job, and I could totally do it. But then no, Dad would bring Not back so much. bring back stuff. Um, Aww, bless him though. He just wanted to help him. <laughs> um. So another another relative who I will anonymize had an had an instance when I had a family member who was cheated out of five thousand dollars because they it was a mail order bride scam. Oh yes, I love this. Please tell. Okay, first of all, like I didn't even realize. Like, okay, I, it, I'm not naive. I'm not goofy. Like, I know the whole mail order bride thing as it was introduced many 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 years ago but i didn't know or i guess i didn't believe it wasn't that i didn't know it's hard for me to believe that people still do that but there's just it's just it's weird i don't understand it but it's still very alive and very much a thing because we i have a friend who her uncle i think it's her uncle or no it was her ex-uncle um in law uh had a mail order bride well uh, this person, uh, who shall remain nameless, uh, was like an email in his email box uh-huh. uh, to – it's like, hey, you want to mail order bride? $5,000. So he – And he just said, he sure, thought, this he, seems yeah, legit. This seems like a great idea. I'm single. Um, you know, uh, I think the person is supposed to be coming from Nigeria or something. I don't know. Yeah. But um, the person lived with his mother. His mother was in her 90s at that point. Yeah, so he he uh, signed up for mail order bride, sent five thousand dollars, and he went to the airport that he was told that the person would be at, so he could meet her. And uh, he waited. The flight arrived. She wasn't on it, and he got a message saying, "Hey, if you want to see your bride, you're gonna have to give us another three thousand dollars." And you know, you know, hey, I'm a smart guy. I think at this point, I'm probably being scammed. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he didn't pay the three thousand uh, dollars. So what did he do? Um, he, instead of going to Nigeria, he decided to, to do the same thing, but this time go through China. And lo and behold, today he is a happily married man to a lovely, wonderful lady from China. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good for him, but he's still out $5,000. Yeah. Yee. But yeah, my, my friend, ex-uncle-in-law, um, found, and she always raved about her, uh, she's from Russia. But and he, you know, they're probably in their seventies or eighties now. Um, but yeah, so that that apparently works out. It's it's an effective thing, I suppose. So but I don't know that I have any mail order brides in 
in my family that I'm aware of anyways. Um, but what other, what other kooky, let's see, give me another, give me another kooky story and let me see if I got anything. This one's going to be hard for me to tell the story. I've got to figure out a way to say it. So a family member, um, not the smartest person I've ever met. In fact, I would say the exact opposite. So if they, if they hear this, they won't understand what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If they're, if they're not, if they're the opposite of the smartest person I've ever met, you know, figure out what that means. Yeah. So, uh, I get these stupid messages on Facebook all the time, uh, asking me to like play games and stuff. And I've repeatedly Mm -hmm. said, I have no interest in doing this. Um, Mm -hmm. I was invited once to a, uh, I guess a gender reveal. No, it wasn't a gender reveal party. It was a baby shower where the person kept trying to get Kim to make them a cake. Hey, will you make me a cake? And Kim said, okay, I'll need to get these ingredients and it'll cost like $40 just to mm-hmm. make that cost. And they responded, well, a box of cake mix is a dollar. Why does it cost $40? Okay, whatever. Yeah. The per- they end up going to Walmart. And what do they put on the cake? They put on the f- 3D ultrasound picture on the cake. And this was covering like fondant that was made to be like the shape of a fetus. So you had the shape of a fetus with the picture over top it. It looked like a naked possum on top of the cake. It was the nastiest, weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, but that's that's not the story. So another <laughs> another family member has kids, and the uh-huh. kids outgrew their clothing. So uh-huh. just like good family members, they posted to Facebook, "Hey, our kids have outgrown these clothes. If you need them, let me know." Yeah. So uh, this person went and contacted them, uh, said, hey, yeah, I'll be glad to. Let me take them. I, I could, we could use those. So they took the clothes. A week later, that family member had posted on Facebook, hey, hey, we have these, I have these clothes here for sale. And uh, if you want them, <laughs> let me know. It, the, the price, <laughs> the price is, uh, you know, whatever. And, um, yeah, suffice it to say, there's no interaction with those two members of the family anymore. So, oh, Lord, just take them to a come if you're gonna do it, first of all, boo. But if you're gonna do that, like, take them to a consignment store, don't let them know you actually, jeez, that's funny. No, I don't have anything like that. I'm trying to think of, um, I did have, I have my, I have kooky, I feel like my family's just. You know, like I say, I'm a dork. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like I have a lot of kooky, dorky relatives, like in the best way possible. And some people may think it's crazy. I have um, a couple aunts who are, I think, a little bit neurotic and a little bit like over the top worrisome. So my one of my mom's sisters, I love her to death. Like she she's great. Like she is. I have so many good memories of hanging out with with her and her kids and everything else, but talk about a woman who, who like doesn't care, not angry, not like do things like throw hatchets in cars and stuff like that. But is she gonna, she does not care if she's going to embarrass you. And it was more her kids that she would embarrass than it was anybody else in the family. But I remember distinctively like from the time and my brother and her oldest son are pretty close in age. And so when we would go visit, like they hung out and they were just like, you know, that they just got into normal teenage young adult trouble together. Nothing, nothing severe. But because my, my cousin was ornery, she just was like kind of this overly protective, overly like just, it was too much sometimes. So he is like a grown adult. And I remember this like, distinctly and I don't I wasn't with her I think I was in the car but my cousin her daughter and one of my other cousins I think were with her and my brother and he were out at a bar they're old enough to drink we were at a wedding I mean my mom has a huge family so we were at weddings like all the time and um with for cousins and stuff like that and so generally after the weddings like some people would go to a bar or some people we'd go to sap brothers which was like a truck stop but they had this great diner like that was some good memories that i have um but the boys at this point both of them were 21 22 even older possibly had decided to go to the bar and my cousin was staying at my aunt's house just because it was closer for him 
after the wedding. Well, he didn't tell her, and again, he's a grown man, Mm. didn't tell her where he was going, didn't tell, like, we assumed he was with my brother, which I think we knew actually that he was with my brother. And then in the town where they lived, there was only like three or maybe two or three bars that they could have gone to. And so she finally gets fed up and angry that he's not home. This grown man (laughs) is not home. She doesn't know where he is. She's just, just not going to have it. She literally goes to the bar, like goes to the bars to find him. She finds his car and everything else and walks into the bar. Like he's a underage 16 year old boy in a bar (laughs) and like drags him out of the bar. Like, tells him he has to leave this bar. Like, that was things that she did. And it was, you know, in some cases, maybe people would have seen it as warranted. But I just remember my cousins, just us being like, this is poor, poor, like, he's going to be so embarrassed. Like, what is happening? And they weren't doing anything wrong. And I remember my brother being there like, what's going on? But she would just get a wild hair. And if she didn't want him to be there, then she would go get these grown men. And my brother was in trouble too. He had to get out of there too. Like just really like, you know, just kooky. And it would just, she would just get a bee in her bonnet as people would say. And it was going to, it was going to happen. She wasn't having it. And they were going home and she wasn't violent or anything about it. It was just like, we just all sat there and laughed at her because we're like, you're really getting worked up over nothing, but she could get so worked up over nothing. And I think we just always are like, that is her most endearing quality is her kookiness and just how she could be just like when she bites onto something, like there's no stopping her. She is marching in and she is handling it and she didn't give a rip what anybody thinks. But I do remember going, Oh my God, I hope my mom never does this to me. Thank God. My mom never did stuff. Yeah. Like that. The thing is I, I can appreciate that. Uh, I think that's much different than like what I do at this point. I don't care what people think. Yeah. And I do things sometimes just to tick Kim off. So uh, I'll, we'll, we'll be in the store and uh, I'll see something and just out loud just so that Kim can hear it and can be embarrassed. I'm like, hey, Kim, look at this. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. you've been saying you've been wanting some of this, you know, then like whatever it is, something embarrassing. Um, hey, Kim, they got Honey Boo Boo on DVD. You said you've been wanting to see this. Here it is. Let me get it for you. It just and uh, stuff like stuff that just like that. <laughs> just ticks her off. Yeah. And um, I. I just don't care at this point. Like I enjoy doing that stuff and I know it drives her crazy, but I like, I have no shame anymore. I have. So I have uncles that would do stuff like that. Like I, well, you have the honorary uncle. My honorary uncle was just, he was just honorary in the sense of he knew how to push everybody's buttons and they let him. So kind of like you do with Kim, you know what gets under her skin and you do it cause you get entertained out of it. And be it, it, you know, it's fun for you. Um, but he was the one and it was funny because I feel like everybody and he's since passed, but um, everybody got along with him and loved him. But he, you had to know his personality. And if you didn't play along with his like honoriness, then you didn't get really, I think, to embrace all the really great things about him. But he was a lot like he he was a lot to take in and he said whatever he wanted and he was loud and he could be mean if he wanted to be. Um, But I think what I remember and he used to do stuff like he was the uncle who I know this is like cliche, but he was the uncle who was like, pull my finger. Right. (laughs) When you were little, he was the like, pull, pull the uncle, pull my finger uncle. Like, I don't know. Everybody has those, but he, he was that uncle. Um, so he was that uncle I'm that and uncle. I'm he kidding. is also, he, <laughs> Hey, it's, it's, it's a tradition for some families. Um, and then he was also the uncle who, when you were learning how to talk, he would tell you, he'd pay you a quarter if you'd say these cuss words in succession. Oh, wow. Oh, you better believe I, I handled that. Give me my quarter. <laughs> but he, it was kind of his, I think honorary way but his loving way of also seeing what nephews nieces and nephews which he loved every single one of them and would have done anything for any of us that he was going to have probably a closer relationship with because we played along with his antics like he 
it, like he's the uncle who took me to like we went to there was a little bar in town and I don't know if you ever know about pickle tickets mm-hmm. um but you as a child are not supposed to play those and this bar was very adamant about this what is that so they're kind of like um they're it's almost like a slot machine but it's on a paper ticket where you tear back these tabs and so it has kind of the same like if you get three in a row or three down kind of thing of the same symbols so it it's a lot like a slot machine as far as like what the little um symbols are and how how the alignment has to happen and then you win money and they're like a buck a piece oh wow um but we pay since i can remember we played those and so we we could be in the bar but you couldn't drink obviously and you weren't supposed to be playing these pickle tickets but it would be this thing where we would go and then he'd like slide us one of be like under the table and it was like don't let anybody see you open that but if you if you open it and you win something the money is yours well as we got a little bit older um we would often like put our own money in and um be like okay go get us this many tickets so he would do that and i remember this one year we were playing and the ticket was bought with my money but my brother opened the ticket so then he thought it was his cash because he opened the ticket and i was like oh no no it was like a hundred dollars that he won and i was like 12 i don't know i was i mean it was a lot of money to me and so we got into this big argument about whose money it was. And he, like my uncle had the ticket. He's like, we'll solve this at home. And I think he made us like talk about why we thought we got, you know, it was our money. And we ended up, I think, having to split it. But he was also, <laughs> he was also just the honorary uncle who his later on, his niece owned this bar that he went to. It was just, it's just this great little local bar. And when I was old enough to drink, I went with him to the bar as I, I think I was like 23 or 24 and I was big into NASCAR still like Dale Jr. was my guy at that point because I had gone from Rusty Wallace, all this kind of stuff. So in the bar, there was this huge like Dale Jr. Um, light and he really wanted to get it. So when he, anybody would come to the bar, he'd tell people the niece that ran the bar was his favorite niece. Well, but then when I went in later and I didn't realize that she was his niece, like I just didn't know that connection because it was the other side of his family. I sat down at the bar to have a beer with him one day and he looks at her and he goes, this is my favorite, my favorite niece, Wendy. And she's like, excuse me. She's like, I'm your favorite niece. She's, he's like, no, you're not. She's, she's, my favorite <laughs> and then he's like, so, Hey, you know, uh, niece number one favorite can you give my other favorite niece that light she's like no and he's like negotiating he was just that guy like he liked to get under people's skin he knew how to do it he would get young kids cussing at an early age to to earn money and the parents were sitting there going stop doing that and he would just he was just he would come up with quirky stuff just to poke and prod and get a reaction out of people and you know, he, he was funny. He told jokes, like all that kind of stuff. And so I think his story is more about just being honoring and probably pushing the limits of behavior, <laughs> getting kids to do things they shouldn't be doing in front of their parents to tick their parents off. But it was all done in a, like a very innocent and loving way. And those are like the memories that stick because you like, you have so many memories with him because he was so honoring. Like, and he would tell people, he'd just flat out lie to people and tell them stories <laughs> just to see if they'd fall for it and then call them, you know, call them out on being not the brightest bulb in the tree. I do and that. then turn, yeah, and then turn around and like you're as a young person observing this and he's laughing and he's like, well, there you go. You know, it was, he was just kooky. He was always looking to get in trouble. He always was trying to get you to do something to get into trouble and nothing harmful. But he just, he was, he was ornery. He was just ornery and he wanted to get a reaction and he picked, just like you pick on Kim, he picked on my aunt. Like he just picked and picked and picked on her, whatever it was to get under her skin and irritate her. And I like, I like, I'll never forget him because he's just ornery. And so I only experienced it, you know, in the family. So, but I know that's how he was with everybody. So I am sure there are so many stories about him that are cuckoo that I just don't remember. And my cousin probably can tell you so many, but he he's ornery and she's inherited some of that honoriness too. So 
Um, but yeah, but he, he's probably got some good ones that I should have asked him more to tell me BS stories when I was younger, but he was a kooky, he was a kooky one you had to watch out for. Everybody was always on edge waiting for, for that uncle to pull some shenanigans. again. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I don't really have anything that's that funny left or honestly that I, I have some horrific stuff that I probably should leave out. Uh, which I, ones do you have left? I don't, uh, I don't really like the, I'm thinking like of my grandma. And I love my grandma and she just recently passed this past year. Um, but growing up, um, back in say 94, 95, she had the most beautiful Billy Ray Cyrus wall clock that you have ever seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I really wanted that clock. And, um, you know, when she, when she passed last year, uh, my uncle and I uh, actually dug through her basement trying to find that clock because he was going to give it to me. Uh, but we didn't find it. But if he finds it, that clock's going on my office wall. You know, I think everybody's got their version of crazy in their family. And is uh, um, it can be enduring and some of it cannot be so endearing. Uh, but kooky uh, relatives, I think, are... Uh, staple to having a memorable and happy family. <laughs> I don't have stories like yours, um, at least that I can recall. And I probably, they probably are stories that were told that I did not retain or did not pay attention to. So sorry about that. Um, I did have an uncle who was very infamous for drinking a lot and he would just pass out. And I remember being very little, like in the middle of a party or whatever. It's just what what he did. And I remember being very little at their house visiting, just having a good time, like family around, like a normal dinner, everybody enjoying their libations. And it was late and I remember I had to go to the restroom. So I went down the hall in the house where the bathroom was and there was uncle just laid out in the, <laughs> in the middle of the, and I like went around the corner and I went, um, um, mom. <laughs> I think, I think, and they're just like, it's, it's okay. He's, he's just sleeping. It'll be <laughs> all right. And then later I remember her telling me, she was like, yeah, that helped him. It happened a lot. And it was better just to let him sleep there for a little bit instead of trying to wake him up immediately. <laughs> so, um, I do remember having to step over old Unc sometimes <laughs> because he had finally hit his limit and then nobody knew he would just leave. And then you knew he had decided to go pass out somewhere. That's funny. Um, yeah, so he was he was kind of a crazy uncle too, but they were entertaining at least, and those are memories I have. And it was pretty innocent. He just looked like a little angel laying in the <laughs> halfway. I just had to like, as a little girl, I remember being like, I can't step over him really easily, but you figured it out. So, so what are we going to talk about next week, Wendy? What are you thinking? Oh, we could do what type of relationship or role does your pet play? Since Buddy's doing better, we could do that one. Okay, um, let's do it. We were going to do a challenge. Oh, we haven't done that in months we, and months. We were, yeah, we were going to do a challenge at the beginning of February, and I was thinking about that, and then I did forgot to think about it. But like, I think I want to challenge you, Brian Kilby. So I think we should do a challenge. It's okay. the third. It's the fourth day. So the fifth through what'll be March third or fourth or fifth. So for a month, I ought, like seriously, seriously what you now you've done the whole give up your phone for 10 minutes and all that. Like, great. When we kicked off the year with this podcast, we were talking about how I had taken a, a yoga thing about just being still and like meditating or like calming your mind and not thinking about anything, like trying to just either focus on only one thing, but you didn't get to like, you have to sit in complete silence, solitude, not, anything around like no screens no researching it like make your brain stop or do some like meditative app so does, i want you to do that does going to sleep count no does not count <laughs> you have to be fully aware and present uh when you're doing this so for 10 minutes okay i'm gonna take it really easy on you for five minutes every day Five minutes every day. And I'm going to say five minutes every day between the hours of like 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. Because you're a night owl. So I know if I go too much later, like it's still not going to matter. But between 7, let's say 7 p.m. and 10 p.m., 
I want you to like not look at a screen, not do anything. I don't care if you sit in your office, but you close your eyes and you don't do anything and try to shut your brain off for five minutes. Put a timer on and just like breathe and not think about anything. Oh God. Okay. This is this is your challenge. And I want to know A, I already know what one of the emotions is gonna be. It's gonna be irritating. And then you're gonna be cussing me during your meditation. Yeah, probably. <laughs> To be honest. <laughs> but I hope the goal of why I'm challenging you th- on this is because I hope it slows your brain down into that whatever you were you had said there was a book like thinking fast to think slow or something. Thinking fast and so, slow. Yeah. So that like maybe if it is that you spend five minutes just really focused on nothing or really focused on one thing, something like really cl- some rare clarity comes up. Okay. Maybe in those moments. So that's what I want to learn is if in 30 days of doing it, if a either you just feel a little bit more relaxed and like less anxious when you start to like jump back into whatever it is you're doing because you're always busy. Or if you've had like some kind of clarity moment where you got a bright idea or something like that. So that's my challenge to you. Okay. I'll try it. Okay. What did, do you have one for no, me? I, I, I honestly wasn't prepared for it. So no, I don't. I know. I dropped it on you, man. I, yeah, so um, let me come back next week, and okay. I'll, I'll drop one on you next week. You can drop one on me. We'll start yours on m- tomorrow, and then you can we can talk about yours, you ending yours, and the following week we can do mine. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. Thanks, man. We'll see you next week. This was How Was Your Weekend with Wendy and Brian. Please subscribe at our website, how was slash your weekend. That's H-O-W-W dot A-S slash your weekend. Please leave a review and tell a friend. 